Welcome back, everybody. The 102nd episode of the podcast. This is Baked and Awake. I'm your host, Steve. And this is going to be part two of our reading and treatment of silent weapons for quiet wars. start out today with a dab. Then we're going to pick right up where we left off in the dock. We'll be moving from the descriptive introduction of the silent weapon and quiet wars to the theoretical introduction. So without further ado, I'm going to enjoy a quick chunk of these. I guess it's like sugar stones from Pura Vida Cannabis Company. Got it down at Evergreen the other day. Beautiful white, like, looks like, uh, you know, uh, sea salt. Coarse ground sea salt is what it looks like to me. That was a real dab right there, everybody. Whoo! Delicious. Good job, Pura Vida crew. Delicious. What strain did I get? I don't know what's on here. I think I let the box go already. I'm the worst. I am the worst. Anyway. All right. So if you were with us last episode, you know how wild this report already is. We're still just getting through the introductions to the concepts here. Um, I'm going to read the last, very last paragraph that we read the other day to bring us back into the zone. Therefore, the silent weapon is a type of biological warfare. It attacks the vitality, options, and mobility of the individuals of a society by knowing, understanding, manipulating and attacking their sources of natural and social energy and their physical, mental, and emotional strengths and weaknesses. So again, for today, you're getting no introduction on this. It was all in the episode published two or three days ago. Part one of Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, originally introduced by Bill Cooper back in 1991 to the general public in his book, Behold a Pale Horse. We begin with the theoretical introduction, and they start with a quote here. Give me control over a nation's currency, and I care not who makes its laws, by Meyer Amschel Rothschild. Very famous quote. Sort of a lot of Illuminati content, you know, portent and illusions in that statement. Today's silent weapons technology is an outgrowth of a simple idea discovered, succinctly expressed, and effectively applied by the quoted Mr. Meyer Amschel Rothschild. Mr. Rothschild discovered the missing passive component of economic theory known as economic inductance. He, of course, did not think of his discovery in these 20th century terms. And to be sure, mathematical analysis had to wait for the second industrial revolution, the rise of the theory of mechanics and electronics, 
and finally the invention of the electronic computer before it could be effectively applied in the control of the world economy. General energy concepts. In the study of energy systems, there always appears three elementary concepts. These are potential energy, kinetic energy, and energy dissipation. And corresponding to these concepts, there are three idealized, essentially pure physical counterparts called passive components. So listeners who might be in particular electrical engineers or have background in electrical engineering or mechanical engineering, please help me out. Comment on YouTube or email me as we get into these concepts because I'll also be skipping over some of this because it's more diagram heavy. So I'll, I'll need to ask for the listeners help and just if you want to continue the conversation and you have that subject matter expertise or area of interest even a, a lay person who's interested in it and, and is comfortable grappling with these concepts let's go let's talk but at a certain point it eludes me they start with a numbered list one in the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of potential energy is associated with a physical property called elasticity or stiffness and can be represented by a stretched spring. Okay, sure. In electronic science, potential energy is stored in a capacitor instead of a spring. This property is called capacitance instead of elasticity or stiffness. Familiar with capacitors, most of them that I imagine are usually, yeah, like it's a temporary state. But it's being constantly fed in a lot of cases, so capacitors, okay. Number two, in the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of kinetic energy is associated with a physical property called inertia or mass and can be represented by a mass or a flywheel in motion. In electronic science, kinetic energy is stored in an inductor, in parentheses, in a magnetic field, instead of a mass. This property is called inductance instead of inertia. Three, in the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of energy dissipation is associated with a physical property called friction or resistance and can be represented by a dash pot or other device which converts energy into heat. In electronic science, dissipation of energy is performed by an element called either a resistor or a conductor, the term resistor being the one generally used to describe a more ideal device. In parentheses, example wire employed to convey electronic energy efficiently from one location to another the property of a resistance or conductor is measured as either resistance or conductance reciprocals so you know sounds okay uh, sounds a little dated in language already of course and this is a document that supposedly was written in the 80s and was first circulated by the sound of things in the early 90s aided by the internet obviously of the time uh, the very early internet. This is a pre-YouTube era, you know, and a pre, um, like, super convenient file sharing era like we live in today. So pull anything down and make it a PDF, save it in any different format you want from the web, put it back up, change it for that matter. In economics, these three energy concepts are associated with one, economic capacitance, hyphen, they're, they're listing here what that is, is capital, in parentheses, money, stocks, inventory, investments in buildings and durables, etc. So they enumerate those things. Number two, economic conductance is goods, 
in parentheses, production flow coefficients, okay, capacitance, conductance. Number three, economic inductance. So follows the above, right, what we just learned. Inductance is services, the influence of the population of industry on output is the term in parentheses there. Influence of the population of industry on output, okay? All of the mathematical theory developed in the study of one energy system, in, in parentheses here, example, mechanics, electronics, etc., these energy systems, can be immediately applied in the study of any other energy system. Here they substitute, in parentheses, economics. Mr. Rothschild's energy discovery. What Mr. Rothschild had discovered was the basic principle of power, influence, and control over people as applied to economics. That principle is, quote, when you assume the appearance of power, people soon give it to you. This is an interesting section of the document. It's like a bio of this guy. A, a really interesting, like, like compartmentalized one, right? Mr. Rothschild had discovered that currency or deposit loan accounts had the required appearance of power that could be used to induce people, inductance with people corresponding to a magnetic field, into surrendering their real wealth in exchange for a promise of greater wealth instead of real compensation in parentheses. Sounds, yeah, sounds about right. They would put up real collateral in exchange for a loan of promissory notes. Mr. Rothschild found that he could issue more notes than he had backing for so long as he had someone's stock of gold as a persuader to show his customers. So this is a reference to fractional reserve banking, if that's the correct term for it. I think it's pretty close to correct. Mr. Rothschild loaned his promissory notes to individuals and to governments. These would create overconfidence. Then he would make money scarce, tighten control of the system, and collect the collateral through the obligation of contracts. The cycle was then repeated. These pressures could be used to ignite a war. Then he would control the availability of currency to determine who would win the war. That government, which agreed to give him control of its economic system, got his support. They go on collection of debts was guaranteed by economic aid to the enemy of the debtor. The profit derived from this economic methodology made Mr. Rothschild all the more able to expand his wealth. He found that the public greed would allow currency to be printed by government order beyond the limits, in parentheses, inflation, I, yeah, okay, of backing in precious metal or the production of goods and services. So let's acknowledge that this is one of the most well-known of conspiracy theories, that of like this evil Rothschild-led dark Jewish banking ring conspiracy of the world um, it's so popular in fact that it it's probably harder to find well-produced and informative content that seeks to both examine the Rothschilds and the early Rothschilds this this uh, whether that's Amschel Rothschild or the the old ones who are uh, the grandsons of some of the you know patriarchs of this family today and not look at it in some utterly dark and frankly racist lens. It's never been my ballywick to go in 
on these theories. It's very easy for me to speculate and very easy for me to believe that the story that was told in, for example, a very well-known book called The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is a, a book about the creation of the Federal Reserve and sort of the perversion of prevailing economic sound or economic theories and, and fundamentals in favor of this so-called fiat currency model that we have today that makes such inflation possible and endless printing of money possible and all the financial gymnastics that we you know sort of tend to feel like are unsustainable and unhealthy today but nevertheless very much apparently the the law of the land and the only way we can live i don't like that last whole few paragraphs in terms of what it sort of is you know putting the writers of this document this report this introduction in 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 light of but uh i'm not surprised either but let's not stop so there's another subheading it says apparent capital as paper inductor okay so here we have our money our currency in this structure credit presented as a pure element called currency has the appearance of capital but is in effect negative capital hence it has the appearance of service but is in fact indebtedness or debt it is therefore an economic inductance instead of an economic capacitance interesting and if balanced in no other way will be balanced by the negation of population yikes in parentheses war genocide the total goods and services represent real capital called the gross national product and currency may be printed up to this level and still represent economic capacitance but currency printed beyond this level is subtractive represents the introduction of economic inductance and constitutes notes of indebtedness war is therefore the balancing of the system by killing the true creditors in parentheses the public which we have taught to exchange true value for inflated currency a little bit of a weird sentence but and falling back on whatever is left of the resources of nature and regeneration of those resources well, actually that kind of makes sense let's read that again <laughs> war is therefore the balancing of the system by killing the true creditors in parentheses the public which we've taught to exchange true value for inflated currency killing the true creditors and falling back on whatever is left of the resources of nature and regeneration of those resources that is a scary paragraph mr rothschild had discovered that currency gave him the power to rearrange the economic structure to his own advantage to shift economic inductance to those economic positions which would encourage the greatest economic instability and oscillation the final key to economic control had to wait until there was sufficient data and high-speed computing equipment to keep close watch on the economic oscillations created by price shocking and excess paper energy credits money right lots of paper money paper inductance slash inflation breakthrough the aviation field provided the greatest evolution in economic engineering by way of the mathematical theory of shock testing in this process 
A projectile is fired from an airframe on the ground, and the impulse of the recoil is monitored by vibration transducers connected to the airframe and wired to chart recorders. By studying the echoes, or reflections, of the recoil impulse in the airframe, it is possible to discover critical vibrations in the structure of the airframe, which either vibrations of the engine or aeolian vibrations of the wings, that was in parentheses that term, aeolian vibrations, or a combination of the two, might reinforce resulting in a resonant self-destruction of the airframe in flight as an aircraft. From the standpoint of engineering, this means that the strengths and weaknesses of the structure of the airframe in terms of vibrational energy can be discovered and manipulated. This is interesting. So it's, that's an analogy or honestly, you know, obviously here. Application in economics. Call it a case study, right? To this, to use this method of airframe shock testing in economic engineering, the prices of commodities are shocked and the public consumer reaction is monitored. The resulting echoes of the economic shock are interpreted theoretically by computers and the psychoeconomic structure of the economy is thus discovered. It is by this process that partial differential and difference matrices are discovered that define the family household and make possible its evaluation as an economic industry. In parentheses here, dissipative consumer structure. From my only layperson's total cursory awareness of the scope of big data analytics, it feels to me like that's at the core of what will be learned out of this crisis in particular because this feels like one of the most measured crises from lots of different angles that we've seen come along perhaps yet ever so um, to continue then the response of the household to future shocks can be predicted and manipulated and society becomes a well-regulated animal with its reins under the control of a sophisticated computer-regulated social energy bookkeeping system. Substitute the term social credit system. Please excuse the lisp, I'm whistling here. For a social energy bookkeeping system. And it sounds very close to something we see happening in many places today. Some, including myself, could be persuaded to argue that it's in place almost everywhere to a certain extent in the form of already existing legacy credit reporting systems, etc., as well as our own elective participation in widespread social media, posting, record keeping, literally telegraphing our lives to the world. Eventually, every individual element of the structure comes under computer control through a knowledge of personal preferences, such knowledge guaranteed by computer association of consumer preferences. In parentheses here, we see universal product code, that's the UPC, zebra-striped printing codes on packages, uh, that's barcodes, with identified consumers, in parentheses again, identified via association with the use of a credit card, and later permanent tattooed body number invisible under normal ambient illumination. So that's the, the so they couple that legacy system of credit cards and debit cards, which everybody right now is of course concerned about a 
transition to a cashless society. Uh, I would argue it's largely here already, and any purchases we make with cash are automatically already sort of suspect and or understood anyway through simple geolocation tracking of us and our mobile phones. You can go to the ATM and then go visit somebody in a parking lot to buy, you know, laying hens off of Craigslist. But the your internet history uh, of searches on Reddit on how to build chicken coops and your recent other purchases, including feed at the local uh, Grange store and the other accessories you needed reveal, you know, very readily, at least to some extent, where some of whatever small amount of cash you're still holding that's not tied up, you know, placed safely in a insured bank somewhere. You get my point. I just say it's sort of already here and any last evolutions of that are icing on the cake for a system that's already working pretty well. It can fill in its own blanks to a very high degree of clarity anyway, whether you have a little cash and use a little cash or not. They continue. Summary. Economics is only a social extension of a natural energy system. It also has its three passive components. Because of the distribution of wealth and the lack of communication and lack of data, this field has been the last energy field for which a knowledge of these three passive components components has been developed. Since energy is the key to all activity on the face of the earth, it follows that in order to obtain a monopoly of energy, raw materials, goods, and services, and to establish a world system of slave labor, it is necessary to have a first strike capability in the field of economics. In order to maintain our position, it is necessary that we have absolute first knowledge of the science of control over all economic factors and the first experience at engineering the world economy. So, in order to maintain our position, it is necessary that we, so is that the United States, is that an agency charged with this on behalf of our nation in the name of freedom and liberty and all good things I don't know in order to achieve such sovereignty we again must at least achieve this one end that the public will not make either the logical or mathematical connection between economics and the other energy sciences or learn to apply such knowledge this is becoming increasingly difficult to control because more and more businesses are making demands upon their computer programmers to create and apply mathematical models for the management of those businesses. I will insert here examples of former employees at large software, in particular social media um, companies such as Facebook, leaving the platform after you know being exposed to their sort of diabolical feeling practices in-house. In Some of those people are high up early founder types for these companies who now go on to warn of their dangers and you know tell you that their families don't use any of that stuff for any reason. It is only a matter of time before the new breed of private programmer slash economists 
we'll catch on to the far-reaching implications of the work begun at Harvard in 1948. The speed with which they can communicate their warning to the public will largely depend upon how effective we have been at controlling the media, subverting education, and keeping the public distracted with matters of no real importance. The economic model, economics, as a social energy science, has a first objective and has as a first objective the description of the complex way in which any given unit of resources is used to satisfy some economic want. Here they reference Leontief again in parentheses with Leontief matrix. This first objective, when it is extended to get the most product from the least or limited resources, comprises that objective of general military and industrial logistics known as operations research. In parentheses, see simplex method of linear programming. The Harvard Economic Research Project, again from 1948 to it shows a dash and doesn't show an end, was an extension of World War II operations research. Its purpose was to discover the science of controlling an economy, at first the American economy and then the world economy. So by putting that 1948 and a hyphen behind it in the parentheses but no end date even though earlier I think they told us the study the initial study ended and they moved on to a phase two it's almost like they want you to wonder did it secretly continue at Harvard in a different form somehow anyway it was felt that with sufficient mathematical foundation and data it would be nearly as easy to predict and control the trend of an economy as to predict and control the trajectory of a projectile such has proven to be the case. Moreover, the economy has been transformed into a guided missile on target. It's a big statement. Sometimes, though, it feels like that. The immediate aim of the Harvard Project was to discover the economic structure, what forces change that structure, how the behavior of the structure can be predicted, and how it can be manipulated. What was needed was a well-organized knowledge of the mathematical structures and interrelationships of investment, production, distribution, and consumption. To make a short story of it all, it was discovered that an economy obeyed the same laws as electricity and that all of the mathematical theory and practical and computer know-how developed for the electronic field could be directly applied in the study of economics. This discovery was not only openly declared and its more subtle implications were and are, oh, excuse me, this discovery was not openly declared, and its more subtle implications were and are kept a closely guarded secret. For example, that in an economic model, human life is measured in dollars, and that the electric spark generated when opening a switch connected to an active inductor is mathematically analogous to the initiation of war. The greatest hurdle which theoretical economists faced was the accurate description of the household as an industry. This is a challenge because consumer purchases are a matter of choice, which in turn is influenced by income, price, and other economic factors. This hurdle was cleared in an indirect and statistically approximate way by an application of shock testing to determine the current characteristics, called current technical coefficients, of a household industry told you guys this would get interesting. Finally, because problems in theoretical electronics can be translated very easily into problems of theoretical electronics and the solution translated back again, it follows that only a book of language translation 
and concept definition needed to be written for economics. The remainder could be gotten from standard works on mathematics and electronics. This makes the publication of books on advanced and advanced an this makes the publication of books on advanced e economics unnecessary and greatly simplifies project security. Industrial diagrams. An ideal industry is defined as a device which receives value from other industries in several forms and converts them into one specific product for sales and distribution to other industries. It has several inputs and one output. What the public normally thinks of as one industry is really an industrial complex where several industries under one roof produce one or more products. A pure single output industry can be represented over simply by a circuit block as follows. The circuit block looks like a block with some simple input lines, one, two, three, four, five on one side. Looks like that can be a series of any number with a single output point on the other side. The flow of product from industry one, supply in parentheses to industry two, demand is denoted by one. The total flow out of industry K is denoted by I with a small tiny K next to it, sales, etc. So uh, yeah, IK is the output line, the single one, and one through however many can be one. Yeah, so the, the, there's one, one, two. These these numbers are interesting, like reverse position from their their subscript instead of superscript. So the I with the K, the K is subscript, tiny and below the line. The one twelve, the twelve is subscript below the line. So little technical, little kludgy person would have to spend a minute or else already know this stuff to know what those, how those are expressed verbally. A three industry network can be diagrammed as follows. They show something that looks like, uh, you know, a little bit like a flywheel magneto, uh, three lobed rounded off triangle diagram with, with three of these capacitors, a three industry network. So, and then they've got some loops connecting the, you know, them to each other and to all three. So a node is a symbol of collection and distribution of flow. Node number three receives from industry number three and distributes to industries one and three. We're not going to go too, too far in this uh, uh, line, but if industry number three manufactures chairs, then a flow from industry number three back to industry number three simply indicates that industry number three is using a part of its own output product for example, as office furniture. Therefore, the flow may be summarized by the equations. And then they have a bunch of node one, node two, and node three equations to represent how that is sound, how that is true. Let's skip ahead a little bit to the next less nitty gritty portion here, one called aggregation. And that's only skipping that one page and these three industrial classes which have already been defined as capital goods and services one less than a page aggregation as always the whole doc will be in the show notes for you available as a pdf for you to grab and have and look at there are also lots of other readings of this doc people would benefit from listening to like a pure straight reading of it as you can easily find out there you would benefit from sitting and just skimming it visually yourself so I invite you to do so. Aggregation, the whole economic system, 
can be represented by a three industry model if one allows the names of the outputs to be one capital two goods and three services the problem with this representation is that it would not show the influence say the textile industry has on the feral ferrous metal industry this is because both the textile industry and the ferrous metal industry would be contained within a single classification called the goods industry and by this process of combining or aggregating these two industries under one system block they would lose their economic individuality yeah you'd lose your visibility i guess into your ability to analyze that right the e model a national economy consists of simultaneous flows of production distribution consumption and investment if all of these elements including labor and human functions are assigned a numerical value in like units of measure say 1939 dollars then this flow can be further represented by a current flow in an electronic circuit and its behavior can be predicted and manipulated with useful precision the three ideal passive energy components of electronics the capacitor the resistor and the inductor correspond to the three ideal passive energy components of economics called the pure industries of capital goods and services respectively economic capacitance represents the storage of capital in one form or another economic conductance represents the level of conductance of materials for the production of goods economic inductance represents the inertia of economic value in motion this is a population phenomenon known as services economic inductance an electrical inductor example a coil or wire has an electric current as its primary phenomenon and a magnetic field as its secondary phenomenon in parentheses their inertia corresponding to this an economic inductor has a flow of economic value as its primary phenomenon and a population field as its secondary field phenomenon of inertia i'm making a face too you guys when the flow of economic value example money diminishes the human population field collapses in order to keep the economic value money flowing in parentheses extreme case war this public inertia is a direct result of consumer buying habits expected standard of living etc and is generally a phenomenon of self-preservation inductive factors to consider one population two magnitude of the economic activities of the government three the method of financing these government activities in parentheses see peter paul principle inflation of the currency i guess that's robbing peter to pay paul translation under this a few examples will be given charge coulombs dollars 1939 i don't know what coulombs is c-o-u-l-o-m-b-s flow slash current oh okay so it's a it's a uh, electronic term ampers so coulombs is the dollars Amperes is the flow or current coulombs per second dollars of flow per year motivating force the equivalent to volts also dollars in parentheses output this is demand conductance amperes per volt that is dollars of flow per year per dollar demand how fast you can flow it that way capacitance coulombs per volt dollars of production inventory stock per dollar demand interesting yeah run that back and listen to it again if you need to but it does make sense when you take it slow time flow relationships and self-destructive oscillations 
An ideal industry may be symbolized electronically in various ways. The simplest way is to represent a demand by a voltage and a supply by a current. When this is done, the relationship between the two becomes what is called an admittance, which can result from three economic factors. One, foresight flow. Two, present flow. And three, hindsight flow. They explain these below. Number one, foresight flow is the result of that property of living entities to cause energy, in parentheses food, to be stored for a period of low energy. Example, a winter season. It consists of demands made upon an economic system for that period of low energy, or winter season. In a production industry, it takes several forms, one of which is known as production stock or inventory. In electronic symbology, this specific industry demand, a pure capital industry, is represented by capacitance, and the stock or resource is represented by a stored charge. Right? How many cows are ready to fire into the food cannon? How many you know, tons of wheat are ready to be processed into grain and bread? Satisfactory of, satisfaction of an industry demand suffers a lag because of the loading effect of inventory priorities. So, foresight flow. Number two, present flow ideally involves no delays. It is, so to speak, input today for output today, a hand-to-mouth flow. In electronic symbology, this specific industry demand, a pure us industry in parentheses, is represented by a conductance, which is then a simple economic valve, a dissipative element. Hindsight flow is known as habit or inertia. In electronics, this phenomenon is the characteristic of an inductor in parentheses, economic analog, a pure service industry, in which a current flow, economic analog, flow of money, creates a magnetic field, economic analog, active human population, which, if the current money flow begins to diminish, then collapse, war, to maintain the current flow of money, energy. Other large alternatives to war as economic inductors or economic flywheels are an open-ended social welfare program or an enormous but fruitful open-ended space program. Wow, I don't think I caught that line before in any of the readings, but they're foreshadowing a Space Force kind of uh, sounding vibe there with an enormous but fruitful open-ended space program. Doesn't that sound like fun? The problem with stabilizing the economic system is that there is too much demand on account of one, too much greed, and two, too much population. This creates excessive economic inductance, which can only be balanced with economic capacitance, in parentheses, true resources or value, example, in goods or services. The social welfare program is nothing more than an open-ended credit balance system, which creates a false capital industry to give non-productive people a roof over their heads and food in their stomachs. This can be useful, however, because the recipients become state property in return for the gift, a standing army for the elite. For he who pays the piper picks the tune. So a stark warning against modern, what are they uh, called, universal basic income would-be supporters right there in this doc from 1980-whatever. Those who get hooked on the economic drug must go to the elite for a fix. In this, the method of introducing large amounts of stabilizing capacitance is by borrowing on the future credit of the world. This is a fourth law of motion, onset, 
and consists of performing an action and leaving the system before the reflected reaction returns to the point of an action, a delayed reaction. So the economic drug of the productive would be real credit and their purchasing power, and the economic drug of the non-productive would be that um, minimum universal basic income, a.k.a. welfare, uh, by another, by a new name, right, and not putting a stigma on welfare as a, as a thing that exists. I don't have to put a stigma on it. It's stigmatized harshly, in, in many cases, you know, probably unfairly. But So we go on. The means of surviving the reaction is by changing the system before the reaction can return. By this means, politicians become more popular in their own time, and the public pays later. In fact, the measure of such a politician is the delay time. The same thing is achieved by a government, by printing money beyond the limit of the gross national product, an economic process called inflation. This puts a large quantity of money into the hands of the public and maintains a balance against their greed, creates a false self-confidence in them, and for a while, stays the wolf from the door. Have we ever felt like that's been the case here in the last, you know, 20, 22 years, I don't know, 18 years or so? When was the last big bailout, the market crash of 07, 08, somewhere in there? So, just 12 years ago. <laughs> Steve, math, not so good. So, simple subtraction, <laughs> very difficult. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to me. Sound they could be talking about today. They must eventually resort to war to balance the account because war ultimately is merely the act of destroying the creditor and the politicians are publicly hired hitmen that justify the act to keep the responsibility and blood off the public conscience. In parentheses, see action on consent factors and social economic structuring. If the people really cared about their fellow man, they would control their appetites, greed, procreation, etc., so that they would not have to operate on a credit or welfare social system which steals from the worker to satisfy the bum. Since most of the general public will not exercise restraint, there are only two alternatives to reduce the economic inductance on the system. One, let the population bludgeon each other to death in a war, which will only result in a total destruction of the living earth. Two, take control of the world by use of economic silent weapons in a form of, quote, quiet warfare, and reduce the economic inductance of the world to a safe level by a process of benevolent slavery and genocide. Somebody quick tell me when the Georgia Guidestones were put up. <laughs> Not too far from this time, if I'm not mistaken think those suckers showed up in the early 90s. The latter option has been taken as the obviously better option. At this point, it should be crystal clear to the reader why absolute secrecy about the silent weapons is necessary. The general public refuses to improve its own mentality and its faith in its fellow man. It has become a herd of proliferating barbarians and, so to speak, a blight upon the face of the earth. I'm having a trouble, <laughs> trouble reading this with a straight face, damn. They do not care about economic science to learn why they have not been able to avoid war despite religious morality and their religious or self-gratifying refusal to deal with earthly problems renders the solution of the earthly problem unreachable to them. It is left to those few who are truly willing to think and survive 
as the fittest to survive, to solve the problem for themselves as the few who really care. Let's read that sentence again. It is left to those few who are truly willing to think and survive as the fittest to survive, to solve the problem for themselves as the few who really care. Otherwise, exposure of the silent weapon would destroy our only hope of preserving the seed of the future true humanity. Industry equivalent circuits. Some of you may get a kick out of the designation they have here for this circuit given as an example. It says here, the industry, quote, Q can be given a block symbol as follows. And uh, again, we see the like voltage regulator looking block with a, several inputs and, and a single output. Block diagram industry of industry Q, it says there. Terminals number one through M are connected directly to the outputs of industries one through M respectively. There, so they all interact with each other together on one side of industry Q. And then on IQ's output line, we see the equivalent circuit of industry Q is given as follows. And they show all the inputs going into one another along the left side of the circuit, which is represented as a separate block to its, to its right. And then an output arrow denotes direction of flow of capital goods and services here. So characteristics, all inputs are at zero volts. A, amplifier, causes output current, I, subscript O to be represented by voltage E subscript O amplifier delivers sufficient current at E O to drive all loads Y 10 through Y M O or could that be EQ these could be EQ IQ EQ Y M Q and sync all currents to I Q through I M Q the Q's got better there. It's like it's like you know a quality issue maybe with the resolution of the dock. You'll see what I mean if you look at it yourselves. The unit trans conductance amplifier AQ is constructed as follows. It's a little bit more complex diagram of a rectangular block with an arrow above it with a direct left to right direction of flow. We see IQ, IQ inside, and then two smaller circuits inside the block, uh, and then which also have a loop that occurs outside the block. So, as I said, these diagrams get progressively more sophisticated, and at a certain point become a little bit hard to podcast, f for sure. Uh, let alone, you know, there's something you need to sit with to try to comprehend by looking at them and maybe even having some background in these subjects. So below that diagram it says here arrow denotes the direction of flow of capitals, capital goods and services. The total demand is given as EQ where EQ is equivalent to IQ. The next diagram takes that up to the next level adding components. The coupling network YPQ symbolizes the demand which industry Q makes on industry P. The connective admittance YPQ is called the technical coefficient of the industry Q. Stating the demand, 
of industry Q, called the industry of use, for the output in capital, goods, or services of industry P, called the industry of origin. So, I'm I'm gonna I'm scrolling now. We're scrolling down. We're scrolling past a lot more of this heavy technical uh, talk, past stages of schematic simplification, more diagrams, generalization, final bill of goods equations, diagrams. We'll try to pick it up here at final bill of goods. We see an equation above that I'm not going to even try to decipher. Not only is it low resolution, it's uh, algebraic, so it's a little bit cryptic to me. Final bill of goods is called the final bill of goods or the final the bill of final demand and is zero when the system can be closed by the evaluation of the technical coefficients of the non-productive industries government and households households may be regarded as productive industry with labor as its output product the technical coefficients the qualities y jk are called the technical coefficients of the industrial system they are admittances and can consist of any combination of three passive parameters conductance capacitance and inductance diodes are used to make the flow unidirectional and point against the flow again they go on with much more technical we have types of admittances which is again a lower res it really looks like a mimeographed document was inserted into this slightly higher resolution printed document perhaps most of the document was reprinted in you know uh html right uh markup language script so we have clean modern font writing and the only thing that was preserved in the original mimeographed older uh you know xerox-esque typeface you know that era um are the diagrams so uh, we're just going to pick these highlights of these next few pages till we get to the sort of the summary of the doc. They say here, the household industry, the industries of finance, in parentheses, banking, manufacturing, and government, real counterparts of the pure industries of capital, goods, and services, are easily defined because they're generally logically structured because of this. Their processes can be described mathematically, and their technical coefficients can be easily deduced. This, however, is not the case with the service industry, known as the household industry. That's interesting. The household is still a little bit more opaque, I guess. I don't know. Household models. When the industry flow diagram is represented by a two-block system of households on the right and all other industries on the left, the following results. They have two blocks with a bunch of arrows flowing from all other industries into the households as an industry. And then an output from the households, which appears to be delineated as labor, etc., that actually heads out backwards in a circuit to become the input to all other industries. And so therefore it's actually pretty pretty clearly pretty clear to understand they they tell us here well all right so they're going to explain it but maybe it was better to try to understand it ourselves together first right 
The arrows from left to right labeled A, B, C, etc. denote flow of economic value from the industries in the left-hand block to the industry in the right-hand block called households. These, must be, these may be thought of as the monthly consumer flows of the following commodities. A. Alcoholic beverages. B. Beef. C. Coffee. U. Unknown. Etc. The problem with a which a theoretical economist faces is that the consumer preferences of any household is not easily predictable, and the technical coefficients of any one household tend to be a nonlinear, very complex, and variable function of income, prices, etc. I can see where this is going. Computer information derived from the use of universal product code in conjunction with the credit card purchase as an individual household identifier could change this state of affairs. But, and I'll insert here as of this time of this writing, but the UPC method is not yet available on a national or even a significant regional scale. To compensate for this data deficiency, an alternate or indirect approach of analysis has been adopted known as economic shock testing. This method, widely used in the aircraft manufacturing industry, develops an aggregate, statistical sort of data. Applied to economics, this means that all of the households in one region, or in the whole nation, are studied as a group or class rather than individually, and the mass behavior rather than the individual behavior is used to discover useful estimates of the technical coefficients governing the economic structure of the hypothetical single household industry. Notice in the industry flow diagram that the values for flows A, B, C, etc. are all accessible to measurement in terms of selling prices and total sales of commodities. One method of evaluating the technical coefficients of the household industry depends upon shocking the prices of a commodity and noting the changes in the sales of all the toilet paper. Economic shock testing. In recent times, the application of operations research to the study of the public economy has been obvious for anyone who understands the principles of shock testing. In the shock testing of an aircraft, airframe, the recoil impulse of firing a gun mounted on that airframe causes shock waves in that structure, which tell aviation engineers the conditions under which some parts of the airplane, or the whole airplane, or its wings, will start to vibrate or flutter like a guitar string, a flute reed, a tuning fork, and disintegrate or fall apart in flight. Economic engineers achieve the same result in studying the behavior of the economy and the consumer public by carefully selecting a staple commodity such as beef, coffee, gasoline, or sugar, and then causing a sudden change or shock in its price or availability, thus kicking everybody's budget and buying habits out of shape. They then observe the shock waves, which result by monitoring the changes in advertising, prices, and sales of that and other commodities. The objective of such studies is to acquire the know-how to set the public economy into a predictable state of motion or change, even a controlled, self-destructive state of motion, which will convince the public that certain expert people should take control of the money system and reestablish security, rather than liberty and justice for all. When the subject citizens are rendered unable to control their financial affairs, they, of course, become totally enslaved. A source of cheap labor. Not only the prices of commodities, but also the availability of labor can be used as the means of shock testing. Labor strikes deliver excellent test shocks to an economy, especially in the critical service areas of trucking, 
transportation in parentheses, communication, so that would be your Uber drivers and taxi drivers, communication, public utilities, energy, water, garbage collection, etc. By shock testing, it is found that there's a direct relationship between the availability of money flowing in an economy and the real psychological outlook and response of masses of people dependent upon that availability. For example, there is a measurable quantitative relationship between the price of gasoline and the probability that a person would experience a headache, feel a need to watch a violent movie, smoke a cigarette, or go to a tavern for a mug of beer. It is most interesting that, by observing and measuring the economic models by which the public tries to run from their problems and escape from reality, and by applying the mathematical theory of operations research, it is possible to program computers to predict the most probable combination of created events, shocks, which will bring about a complete control and subjugation of the public through a subversion of the public economy, in parentheses, a, a rather funny phrase here, by shaking the plum tree. I hope you're smoking, because I think I need to. Uh, we're going to keep rolling on this doc till we get through it today, so this episode will be however long it is. They have a table here of commodities, price function, and total sales. And uh, it says, Introduction to the Theory of Economic Shock Testing. Let the prices and total sales of commodities be given and symbolized as follows. Alcoholic beverages, beef, coffee, gasoline, sugar, tobacco, unknown balance. Those are A, B, C, G, S, T, and U. Then the total sales are a like representative character for sales, S, uh, like a weird formal one, and A through U. Let us assume a simple economic model in which the total number of important, staple, commodities are represented as, those I just listed above, and an aggregate of all other staple commodities which we will call the hypothetical miscellaneous staple commodity M. So M is an aggregate of C, S, T, U, etc. Example of shock testing. Assume that the total sales, P, of petroleum products can be described by the linear function of the quantities B, G, and M, that's beef, gasoline, and miscellaneous, which are functions of the prices of those respective commodities. So then they have like a, a little equation here, P equals APG, B plus APG, G plus APM, with a M at the end, M, the, the full size M. So yeah, obviously I need a lot of help with reading equations, you guys, I apologize. They go on to to explain this shock testing in the form of manipulating these different factors and shocking them. So where B, G, and M are functions of the prices of beef, gasoline, and miscellaneous respectively, and A, P, B, A, P, G, and A, P, M are constant coefficients defining the amount by which each of the functions B, G, and M affect the sales P of petroleum products. We're assuming that B, G, and M are variables independent of each other. If the availability or price of gasoline is suddenly changed, then G must be replaced by G plus delta G. That's the change, right? This causes a change in the petroleum sales from P to P plus delta P. Also, we'll assume that B and M remain constant when G changes to G plus delta G. I assume that's a delta. It's a little triangle in front of these. Delta would represent change, I believe, in a lot of these, uh, you know, vernacular. 
So they go on expanding on this expression. We get da 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 da, -da and subtracting the initial value of p, we get for the change in p da 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 da. -da. So again, technical, technical, lemon so technical. <laughs> uh, more diagrams, full page diagram there. Oof, in crazy old script, nobody can read that. Nobody can read that. I, I mean, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> It's all mimeograph resolution. When the price of gasoline is shocked, all of the coefficients with round G in parentheses 2G in the denominator are evaluated at the same time. If B, G, and M were independent and sufficient for description of the economy, then three shock tests would be necessary to evaluate the system. There are other factors which may be represented the same way. For example, the tendency of a docile subnation to withdraw under economic pressure may be given by unreadable equation, where G is the price of gasoline, WP is the dollar spent per unit time. Reference to say, 1939. I'm shaking my head. I'm I'm having trouble following here. For war production during peacetime, etc. These quantities are presented to a computer in matrix format as follows. Lots more diagrams. So. Let's roll down a couple pages. We're going to roll down past the following. All right, so this is what you find that you, you know, I'll tell you what I'm telling you and tell you what I'm not telling you. I'm not going to read about the economic amplifiers, which is a full page. Uh, the short list of inputs, I'm going to read this real quickly, rapid fire style, because it seems to be an interesting lead into what will follow. Short list of inputs, questions to be answered. What? Where, why, when, how, who, general sources of information, telephone taps, analysis of garbage, surveillance, behavior of children in school, standard of living by, food, shelter, clothing, transportation, social contacts, telephone, they note here itemized record of calls, family, marriage certificates, birth certificates, etc., friends, associates, etc., Memberships in organizations. Political affiliation. Next, the personal paper trail. Personal buying habits, i.e., personal consumer preferences. Checking accounts, credit card purchases. Tagged credit card purchases, the credit card purchase of products bearing the UPC Universal Product Code. Assets. Checking accounts, savings accounts, real estate, businesses, automobile, etc. Safety deposit at bank. Investments in the stock market. Liabilities, creditors, enemies, see legal, are you being sued, loans, government sources, ploys, welfare, social security, USDA surplus food, doles, grants, subsidies. These are all means of control, means of measurement, means of control, sources of data. Principles of this ploy. The citizen will almost always make the, this is an asterisk next to ploys over government sources, and then the asterisk explains, principle of this ploy, the citizen will almost always make the collection of information easy if he can operate on the free sandwich principle of, of eat now, pay later. Government sources, via intimidation, internal revenue service, OSHA, census, etc. Other government sources, surveillance of U.S. mail, habit patterns, programming, so this is obviously, guys, this is where I'm going with the cybernetics bells are ringing in my head. The same analysis 
an analog that they're applying to electrical energy systems, to energy systems in general, it sounds a lot like cybernetics and humans being just a large, scaled-up, seemingly self-important and self-intelligent, but uh, fairly simple and predictable goal-seeking organism that can therefore be easily analyzed, stimulated, and allowed to react in a way that the organisms as individuals or as a, a whole think is their own free will but is in fact a natural response to stimulus avoidance of pain um, seeking to preserve homeostasis if not uh, extraneous pleasure habits patterns programming strengths and weaknesses activities in parentheses, sports, hobbies, etc. See legal, fear, anger, etc. Crime record, hospital records, drug sensitivities, reaction to pain, etc. All these things can define your life. If you're if you're a motorcycle nut or a cyclist or a rock climber or a triathlete, your sports and hobbies, what have you, will define you and 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 direct a lot of your choices and what you're willing to give up or not do legal fear anger etc if you're you know somewhat criminalized if you've been inside for a while and you're just trying to make it through the rest of your life now because you never want to go back to jail or you've got two strikes and you don't want to go to jail for you know to prison for the first time for real what have you or you're already a low-grade felon and it's just ruined your life forever and it changes the way you interact with ambition and conflict for the rest of your life right same thing with hospital hospital records chronic illness of any kind uh the lack of utter pure hell health the you know any little ailment you got a limp you got a disfigurement you got a trick shoulder all these things slow us down change our choices make us choose differently forever and make us choose to not stand up when we might need to otherwise stand up to uh, to fight fight for what's right maybe not physically but just even to stand in your in your own two shoes next psychiatric records <laughs> there again fears angers disgusts adaptability reactions to stimuli violence suggestibility or hypnosis pain pleasure love and sex methods of coping so these are all under habit patterns programming that was strengths and weaknesses next is methods of coping of adaptability behavior how do we cope consumption of alcohol consumption of drugs entertainment religious factors influencing behavior other methods of escaping from reality payment modus operandi mo pay on time etc payment of telephone bills energy purchases water purchases repayment of loans house payments automobile payments payments on credit cards political sensitivity here we have listed beliefs contacts position strengths and weaknesses projects and activities legal inputs behavior control excuses for investigation search arrest or employment of force to modify behavior court records police records driving record reports made to the police yeah you, you weren't even in trouble for it but somebody has called in on you insurance information anti-establishment acquaintances 
Don't worry, guys. You don't have to claim me as an acquaintance, I promise. I won't be mad at you. I understand. National input information. Business sources via IRS, etc. They have here price of commodities, sales, investments in stocks and inventory, production tools and machinery, buildings and improvements, the stock market. This is a theme, right? It's comprehensive and it has to do with all the things that we need to live in a society. Banks and credit bureaus, credit information, payment information, miscellaneous sources, polls and surveys, publications, telephone records, energy and utility purchases. Of course, in this time, they could not have envisioned modern social media and how much miscellaneous sources have been massively fleshed out with rich, detailed, multimedia, video, audio, static, photog photographic images, long prose and text uh, posts on every platform of the world by almost everybody who's old enough to read and has two thumbs to text with or access to a community email connection down at their local library for that matter people those people find ways to overshare about their lives folks with that level of limited access to high-speed internet <clears throat> I'm going to pause and dab. I'm going to give you guys a music interlude while I dab. Interlube? Wow. <laughs> maybe I won't pause and dab. <laughs> but maybe I will. Okay, then we're going to finish this thing. You won't even know I left. And I'm back. And I'm not even going to tell you whether I dabbed or not. It's none of your beeswax. But what is, is the next section known as the short list of outputs, which you'll see here is it's enumerated slightly differently, starting with the sequence, starting at number 91. So I don't know what's below number 91, uh, if that was the inputs, but we certainly didn't just list 98, 90, 90 other things. So we have, though, outputs, create controlled situations, Manipulation of the economy. Hence, society, control by control of compensation and income. So those are sentence fragments, but nonetheless fairly understandable to most of us who live in a dichotomy of just such a manipulation of our personal economies and our personal societies that we're able to move in and be actors, agents in, by control of our compensation and income. So let me see if I'll read these for us. But it's, you know, forgive me if they're not total sentences, they're like phrases. Starting with 91, allocates opportunities. 92, destroys opportunities. 93, controls the economic environment. 94, controls the availability of raw materials. 95, controls capital. This sounds like how I would like program a server to simulate 
this all for us, right? 96 controls bank rates. 97 controls the inflation of the currency. 98 controls the possession of the property. 99 controls industrial capacity. 100 controls manufacturing. 101 controls the availability of goods, in parentheses, commodities. 102 controls the prices of commodities. 103 controls services, the labor force, etc. 104 controls payments to government officials. 105 controls the legal functions. 106 controls the personal data files, uncorrectable by the parties slandered. Wow. 106 controls the personal data files, uncorrectable by the parties slandered. Does that sound familiar? 107 controls advertising. 108 controls media contact. 109 controls material available for TV viewing. Number 110 disengages attention from real issues. 111 engages emotions. 112 creates disorder, chaos, and insanity. 113 controls design of more probing tax forms. 114 controls surveillance. 115 controls storage of information. 116 develops psychological analyses and profiles of individuals. 117 controls legal functions. Repeat of 15. 118 controls sociological factors. 119 controls health options. 120 preys on weakness. 121 cripples strengths. 122 leeches wealth and substance. Aye, 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 aye. Okay, so then what follows is a table of strategies, and we're getting to the to the end of it here. Um, now this is in a different font; it's an older font, and it's like a like a like it looks like an old modern techie looking font. I don't know how to describe it, but anyway. And this table of strategies is two columns, and the top says do this uh, at the top of one col column one on the left to get this on on the right. Not all of them read as clearly as I want them to. They're a little bit hard to understand because some of them seem to have the right-hand answer have moved back over to the left-hand side line underneath the left-hand column, but not really belong to that column. So I'll do my best with reading that. And I may even skip a couple that I just can't understand. I'll just kind of give you the best of this from this table of strategies. So do this to get this. Do this, keep the public ignorant, to get this, less public organization. So do, maintain access to control, to get required reaction to outputs. Do, create preoccupation, to get lowered defenses. Do, attack the family unit, to get control of the education of the young. Do, give less cash and more self-indulgence or no give less cash and more something or more and more data to get more self-indulgence and more credit and doles okay here we go this is how they want you to read it give less cash and more credit and doles right give people loans give people grants put them in education debt or whatever to get more self-indulgence and more data because for loans and doles grants any of that stuff you're gonna volunteer information about why you qualify for it right and you'll probably agree to continue to provide information to the folks in the form of if nothing more than your timely payment repayment of the loan in many cases in exchange for that immediate acceleration to your plan but you know your need was anticipated is what I guess what I'm saying here so uh, we continue do attack the privacy 
of the church to get destroy faith in this sort of government. Uh, I'm not sure if the church is... I guess they're recognizing the church as a form of government. That's fair, actually. Do this, social conformity, it says, to get computer programming simplicity. That makes sense, right? The more everybody's like each other, the easier your simulations are, the more accurate they become. Do this, minimize the tax protest. To get this, maximum economic data, minimum enforcement problems. Do stabilize the consent to get simplicity coefficients. Do tighten control of variables to get simpler computer input data, greater predictability, right? Okay. This stuff it makes sense though. Do establish boundary of conditions. Do establish boundary, establish boundary conditions to get. So do establish boundary conditions to get problem simplicity solutions of equations do have proper timing to get less data shift and blurring do maximize control to minimize resistance to control <laughs> yeah to get minimum resistance to control do collapse of american of currency of american currency to destroy to get destroy the faith of the american people in each other this definitely seems to be a North American, American targeted plan. Maybe there's international, you know, chapters of this group were, I don't know what this is. What is this? Is this disinfo? Is this a total psyop? Is this mental masturbation of the worst sort? Is this a complete waste of time? Or is this something that we do know has been flopping around since 1991 and seems to describe so much of what it doesn't take a conspiracy theorist to accurately identify by spinning around in their office chair and looking at the stuff displayed on the sacred glowing rectangles that are floating in the immediate vicinity around them at any given time of day at home or at work at any given time. Just taking a snapshot of our world and environment, Western, modern, would-be modern 21st century person's culture, standard of living life that we've become accustomed to. Diversion, the primary strategy. Experience has prevent that the simplest method of securing a silent weapon, I'm just reading what they had here, and gaining control of the public is to keep the public undisciplined and ignorant of the basic system principles on the one hand while keeping them confused, disorganized, and distracted with matters of no real importance on the other hand. Sounds, you know, doesn't sound hard to imagine. is largely true right now for a lot of folks. All of us. I, I'm not exempting myself from this. This is achieved by disengaging their minds, sabotaging their mental activities, providing a low-quality program of public education and mathematics, logic, systems design and economics and discouraging technical creativity this is achieved by engaging their emotions increasing their self-indulgence and their indulgence in emotional and physical activities by below that unrelenting emotional affrontations and attacks mental and emotional rape by way of constant barrage of sex violence and wars in the media especially the tv and the newspapers giving them what they desire in excess, quote, junk food for thought, 
and depriving them of what they really need. Those are both nested under, you know, how to disengage their minds. And wow, I mean, I don't know who you have to be to not feel like that's kind of what the world of media is and has become. And anybody can talk as altruistically or high-mindedly or high-horsedly about, well, you don't have to watch that stuff as they want, but give me a break. Just try to get away from it. It's hilarious. You, the, you can only get away from it by turning the machines off completely. And by doing so, you're making just as clear of a simple choice and, and loud statement as you are by consuming the media. Um, and at the same time, pretty much setting yourself and your family up for total ostracism in society because soon it will become very apparent that you're not watching TV, that you're not social media-ing your lives away, and that you're not getting the same worldview and consensus worldview as they have and are getting fed. We are getting fed daily by, by through every pore of our bodies. Every orifice and opening is <laughs> assaulted by the, by the plan, by the program, body and mind. So that was the disengaging it, uh, of the mind. There's another goal or another method of diversion, and that is rewriting history and law and subjecting the public to the deviant creation, thus being able to shift their thinking from personal needs to highly fabricated outside priorities. These preclude their interest in and discovery of the silent weapons of social automation technology. The general rule is that there is a profit in confusion. The more confusion, the more profit. Therefore, the best approach is to create problems and then offer solutions. Diversion Summary Media keep the adult public attention diverted away from the real social issues and captivated by matters of no real importance. Schools keep the young public ignorant of real mathematics, real economics, real law, and real history. Entertainment keep the public entertainment below a sixth grade level. Work keep the public busy, busy, busy with no time to think, back on the farm with the other animals. Consent, the primary victory. So diversion was the primary method. Consent is the primary victory, the goal that they're seeking out of this vision, I believe. A silent weapon system operates upon data obtained from a docile public by legal, but not always lawful, force. Much information is made available to silent weapon systems programmers through the Internal Revenue Service, in parentheses, see studies in the structure of the American economy for an IRS source list. This information consists of the enforced delivery of well-organized data contained in federal and state tax forms, collected, assembled, and submitted by slave labor, provided by taxpayers and employers. Furthermore, the number of such forms submitted to the IRS is a useful indicator of public consent an important factor in strategic decision makings. Other data sources are given in the, in the short list of inputs. We read that short list of inputs above. Consent coefficients, numerical feedback indicating victory status, psychological basis, 
when the government is able to collect tax and seize private property without just compensation, it is an indication that the public is ripe for surrender and is consenting to enslavement and legal encroachment. A good and easily quantified indicator of harvest time is the number of public citizens who pay income tax despite an obvious lack of reciprocal or honest service from the government. Amplification of energy sources. The next step in the process of designing an economic amplifier is discovering the energy sources. The energy sources which support any primitive economic system are, of course, a supply of raw materials and the consent of the people to labor and consequently assume a certain rank, position, level, or class in the social structure, i.e. to provide labor at various levels in the pecking order. Each class, in guaranteeing its own level of income, controls the class immediately below it. Hence, preserves the class structure. This provides stability and security, but also government from the top. As time goes on, and communication and education improve, the lower class elements of the social labor structure become knowledgeable and envious of the good things that the upper class members have. They also begin to attain a knowledge of energy systems and the ability to enforce their rise through the class structure. This threatens the sovereignty of the elite. If this rise of the lower class can be postponed long enough, the elite can achieve energy dominance and labor by consent no longer will hold a position of an essential energy source. Until such energy dominance is absolutely established, the consent of people to labor and let other handles, others handle their affairs must be taken into consideration, since failure to do so could cause the people to interfere in the final transfer of energy sources to the control of the elite. It is essential to recognize that at this time, public consent is still an essential key to the release of energy in the process of economic amplification. Therefore, consent as an energy release mechanism will now be considered. And we really are getting down to the last couple few pages of this here, everybody. And I know that if you made it this far, you know it was worth it because this is the meat of it. But we're getting down to the bone. Logistics. The successful application of a strategy requires a careful study of inputs, outputs, the strategy connecting the inputs and the outputs, and the available energy sources to fuel the strategy. This study is called logistics. A logistical problem is studied at the elementary level first, and then levels of greater complexity are studied as a synthesis of elementary factors. This means that a given system is analyzed, i.e. broken down into its subsystems, and these in turn are analyzed, until by this process one arrives at the logical atom, quote-unquote, of the individual, or the logical atom, the individual. This is where the process of synthesis properly begins, at the time of birth of the individual. Huh? The artificial womb. From the time a person leaves its mother's womb, its every effort is directed towards building, maintaining, and withdrawing into artificial wombs, various sorts of substitute protective devices or shells. The objective of these artificial wombs is to provide a stable environment for both stable and unstable activity, to provide a shelter for the evolutionary process of growth and maturity, i.e. survival, to provide security for freedom, and to provide defensive protection for offensive activity. This is equally true of both the general public and the elite. 
However, there is a definite difference in the way each of these classes go about the solution of problems. I again point out that the last paragraph describing our lifelong obsession with artificial protective wombs, physical, corporeal, material, and astral, spiritual, relational, meta, those are all highly predictive and uh, some would say deterministic, therefore again cybernetics. In a, in a sense, I don't know, tell me, wrong. tell me why I'm wrong, I guess. The political structure of a nation. Dependency. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life pat them on their head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be alright when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible. So the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? This public behavior is surrender, born of fear, laziness, and expediency. It is the basis of the welfare state as a strategic weapon, useful against a disgusting public. Harsh, but I don't know, a little bit fair in some ways. Bit of a libertarian rant there. There again, this whole doc strikes me as very Georgia Guidestones narrative connected a lot of it's there the some of the language isn't there some of the grandiose grandiose language that's on the guidestones isn't isn't there but it's horribly cynical and dark uh, and stark and frank um one would say psychopathic in its uh approach here pathological anyway action slash offense. Most people want to be able to subdue and or kill other human beings which disturb their daily lives. But they do not want to have to cope with the moral and religious issues which such an overt act on their part might raise. Therefore, they assign the dirty work to others, including their own children, so as to keep the blood off their hands. They rave about the humane treatment of animals and then sit down to a delicious hamburger from a whitewashed slaughterhouse down the street and out of sight. But even more hypocritical, they pay taxes to finance a professional association of hitmen, collectively called politicians, and then complain about corruption in government. It's hard to argue with that. Responsibility. Again, most people want to be free to do the things, to explore, etc., but they are afraid to fail. The fear of failure is manifested in irresponsibility, and especially in delegating those personal responsibilities to others where success is uncertain or carries possible or created liabilities. Law, which the person is not prepared to accept. They want authority, in parentheses root word author, but they will not accept responsibility or liability. So they hire politicians to face reality for them. Summary. The people hire the politicians, 
so that the people can. Bulleted list. Obtain security without managing it. Obtain action without thinking about it. Inflict theft, injury, and death upon others without having to contemplate either life or death. That would be probably the exploitation of developing countries for all our resources and everything we sit surrounded by in our homes and enjoy every day to live comfortable lives. So that we can avoid responsibility for our own intentions so they can avoid responsibility for their own intentions. I won't turn it into a we thing too, too continuously. So that they can obtain the benefits of reality and science without exerting themselves in the discipline of facing or learning either of these things, right? How many of us can build an iPhone? Again, under summary, the people give the politicians the power to create and manage a war machine. Two, bulleted list. Provide for the survival of the nation slash womb. <laughs> Prevent encroachment of anything upon the nation slash womb. Destroy the enemy who threatens the nation slash womb. Destroy those citizens of their own country who do not conform for the sake of the stability of the nation slash womb. Politicians hold many quasi-military jobs, the lowest being the police, which are soldiers, the attorneys and CPAs next, who are spies and saboteurs, licensed, and the judges who shout orders and run the closed union military shop for whatever the market will bear. The generals are industrialists. The presidential, quote-unquote, level of commander-in-chief is shared by the international bankers. The people know that they've created this farce and financed it with their own taxes, in parentheses, consent. But they would rather knuckle under than be the hypocrite. Thus, a nation becomes divided into two very distinct parts. A docile subnation, in brackets, for some reason, great silent majority, and a political subnation. The political subnation remains attached to the docile subnation, tolerates it, and leeches its substance until it grows strong enough to detach itself and then devour its parent. System analysis. It's like the last page and a half, two pages, you guys. In order to make meaningful computerized economic decisions about war, the primary economic flywheel, it is necessary to assign concrete logistical values to each element of the war structure, personnel and material alike. This process begins with a clear and candid description of the subsystems of such a structure. The draft, in parentheses, has military service. So I don't, I don't know why that's different than the massive standing armies that so many of us have today. Few efforts of human behavior modification are more remarkable or more effective than that of the socio-military institution known as the draft. A primary purpose of a draft over other such institution is to instill, by intimidation in the young males of a society, the uncritical conviction that the government is omnipotent. He is soon taught that a prayer is slow to reverse what a bullet can do in an instant. Thus, a man trained in a religious environment for 18 years of his life can, by this instrument of the government, be broken down, be purged of his fantasies and delusions in a matter of mere months. Once that conviction is instilled, all else becomes easy to instill. 
Even more interesting is the process by which a young man's parents, who purportedly love him, can be induced to send him off to war to his death, although the scope of this work will not allow this matter to be expanded in full detail. Nevertheless, a course overview will be possible and can serve to reveal those factors, which must be included in some numerical form in a computer analysis of social and war systems. We begin with a tentative definition of the draft. For some reason that has the number four next to it. The draft, selective service, etc., is an institution of compulsory collective sacrifice and slavery devised by the middle-aged and elderly for the purpose of pressing the young into doing the public dirty work. Pretty elegant, really. Maybe not elegant, but I got to the point. It further serves to make the youth as guilty as the elders, thus making criticism of the elders by the youth less likely. In parentheses, generational stabilizer. It is marketed and sold to the public under the label of, quote, patriotic national service. It's like patriotic equals national, either one or both. Once a candid economic definition of the draft is achieved, that definition is used to outline the boundaries of a structure called a human value system, which in turn is translated into the terms of game theory. The value of such a slave laborer is given in a table of human values, a table broken down into categories by intellect, experience, post-service job demand, etc. Sounds like a gamer card, character card, character builder, attributes card. Some of these categories are ordinary and can be tentatively evaluated in terms of the value of certain jobs for which a known fee exists. Some jobs are harder to value because they're unique to the demands of social subversion. For an extreme example, the value of a mother's instruction to her daughter, causing the daughter to put certain behavioral demands upon a future husband 10 or 15 years hence. Thus, by suppressing his resistance to a perversion of a government, making it easier for a banking cartel to buy the state of New York in, say, 20 years. So the behavioral demands that she would ostensibly place upon him would be his desire to maintain the safety and sanctity of his home by not sticking his neck out to resist a perversion of a government, thereby making it easier for a banking cartel to buy the state of New York in, say, 20 years. So you neutralize challenging males by saddling them with families <laughs> is that uh spouses anyway the theory all right such a problem leans heavily upon the observations and data of wartime espionage and many types of psychological testing accrued mathematical models algorithms etc can be devised if not to predict at least to predeterminate these events with maximum certainty what does not exist by natural cooperation is thus enhanced by calculated compulsion. Cybernetics. Human beings are machines, levers which may be grasped and turned, and there is little real difference between automating a society and automating a shoe factory. These derived values are variable. In parentheses, it is necessary to use a current table of human values for computer analysis. So these derived values are variable. They admit that, that I'm reading this in a time when their values are already out of date 
we will use a current table of human values for our computer analysis, our future, our current big data quantum computer analysis that's being analyzed by AIs, right? These values are given in true measure rather than U.S. dollars since the latter is unstable. Being presently inflated beyond the production of national goods and services so as to give the economy a false kinetic energy, in parentheses, paper inductance. This was the late 1980s. The silver value is stable, it being possible to buy the same amount with a gram of silver today as it could be bought in 1920. Their phrasing. Human value measured in silver units changes slightly due to changes in production technology. But they're saying that's still a good indicator of a stable value, representative of value, I guess. Enforcement. Factor one, as in every social system approach, stability is achieved only by understanding and accounting for human nature. In parentheses, action, reaction, patterns. A failure to do so can be, and usually is, disastrous. As in other human social schemes, one form or another of intimidation, in parentheses, or incentive, is essential to the success of the draft. Physical principles of action and reaction must be applied to both internal and external subsystems. To secure the draft, individual brainwashing, programming, and both the family unit and the peer group must be engaged and brought under control. Factor 2. Father. The man of the household must be housebroken to ensure that Junior will grow up with the right social training and attitudes. The advertising, media, etc. are engaged to see to it that the father-to-be is pussy-whipped, their phrasing, before or by the time he is married. He is taught that he either conforms to the social notch cut out for him or his sex life will be hobbled, and his tender companionship will be zero. He is made to see that women demand security more than logical, principled, or honorable behavior. By the time his son must go to war, father, with jelly for a backbone, will slam a gun into Junior's hand before father will risk the censure of his peers or make a hypocrite of himself by crossing the investment he has in his own personal opinion or self-esteem. Junior will go to war or father will be embarrassed. So Junior will go to war, the true purpose notwithstanding. Factor 3. Mother. The female element of human society is ruled by emotion first and logic second. In the battle between logic and imagination, imagination always wins. Fantasy prevails. Maternal instinct dominates so that the child comes first and the future comes second. A woman with a newborn baby is too starry-eyed to see a wealthy man's cannon fodder or a cheap source of slave labor. A woman must, however, be conditioned to accept the transition to reality when it comes or sooner. As the transition becomes more difficult to manage, the family unit must be carefully disintegrated, and state-controlled public education and state-operated child care centers must become more common and legally enforced so as to begin the detachment of the child from the mother and father at an earlier age. Inoculation of behavioral drugs, in brackets, Ritalin, can speed the transition for the child, in parentheses, mandatory, caution, a woman's impulsive anger can override her fear. An irate woman's power must never be underestimated, 
and her power over a, their phrasing, pussy-whipped husband must likewise never be underestimated. It got women the vote in 1920. Sounds like that was a bad thing. Sorry, ladies. Factor 4. Junior. The emotional pressure for self-preservation during the time of war and the self-serving attitude of the common herd that have an option to avoid the battlefield, if Junior can be persuaded to go, is all of the pressure finally necessary to propel Johnny off to war. The quiet, their quiet blackmailings of him are the threats, no sacrifice, no friends, no glory, no girlfriends. Factor five, sister. And what about Junior's sister? She is given all the good things of life by her father and taught to expect the same from her future husband, regardless of the price. Interesting. Factor six, cattle. Those who will not use their brains are no better off than those who have no brains. And so, this mindless school of jellyfish, father, mother, son, and daughter, become useful beasts of burden, or trainers of the same. This concludes what is available of this document. Thank you if you made it through this very long part two to a reading of the 19... 90s, early 90s era document, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Originally presented and widely circulated to the public by William Bill Cooper. Um, hope you enjoyed it. I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but if you listened this far, I'm sure you'll agree with me that this seems like a document that was describing a future that we're living in today in many ways um, and I'm not sure what what that means I mean at the time of this doc they were describing a silent war that was 25 years in in progress at that time they described how you become a part of it the moment you're born and your value is identified and defined and how you're tracked and understood through your entire development and sort of dynamically valued. How you're part of an industry that you didn't even know you were part of, namely the household industry. So, we'll leave it there for real this time. I won't talk for five extra minutes. I won't talk for 15 extra minutes. We'll do some of that talking at the beginning of the next episode of the Baked and Awake podcast. Spring is finally in the air here in the Pacific Northwest the last couple of days. Wherever you are, I hope that you're staying healthy and doing what you can. Stay sane during this really wild time. Tell me what you thought of Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars in the comments on YouTube or email me at talk to us at bakedandawake.com. Let me know what you want to talk about next here on the podcast. Check the show notes for everything you need to keep looking into this further and for different ways to get in touch with me, visit the website, and support the podcast if you want to do that as well. Love you guys. Smoke that indica. Do shit anyway.
and shit got me panicking. And a lot of you motherfuckers think it's a joke, kiki, 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 like I was thinking, right? But that shit right there, just because you think you are mute to it, guess what? Your pocket ain't, bitch, because a lot of shit comes from motherfucking China, bitch. So if you wonder.